0: Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 100. Hey, 100 shows. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who've known each other forever. Who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD pre-COVID to talk everything Essendon Football Club? My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello,
1: everyone. Uh, it's really good to be back. This is uh, one of those podcasts you actually look forward to, oh, yeah, because uh, not you know it's not just a, a Sydney win or a Fremantle win. This is the Collingwood Football Club. This is the normal Anzac Day kind of round clash at, at the G. Uh, no one there, and yes. <laughs> so uh, but. We have got over the Collingwood Football Club oh, in... Yeah. And we did it well too. A, yeah, in a very, very convincing way. Um, I think we'll all agree the first 15 minutes was some of the worst football we've actually played this year. Hugely. But I still don't know. I've, I've watched the game three times now. I'm not quite sure how they just snapped into a gear of manic pressure and yeah. and solid football and kicked the next 10 goals straight.
0: Ten goals. What was it man.
1: nine goals straight or was it eight or so? Well, basically it was like 50 to five after it was 18 to nil. It's amazing. Way. So look, fantastic result. As uh, so we go three and one with a game in hand. We're fifth on the ladder. It's a real big opportunity for this club it, it's to again. actually do something we never thought could happen and, and actually make a bit of a push towards that top four. They've got a very, very winnable game in North Melbourne this week. Hugely winnable. I watched the North Melbourne game and they weren't convincing at all and they've got injuries. So, yes, uh, the Jakey Stringer news was obviously <sighs> horrific. Oh, um, <laughs> man. It really was a setback, actually. But the more I thought on it and saw, you know, McKenna's, no, in my mind, no doubt it's going to come in. Yep. Uh, Zachy Merritt's going to come in. Uh, Francis will be available. <coughs> So, look, the the actual team that's going to be named, if they can get it right and get their forwards set up as best as possible, there is absolutely no excuse to not win this game.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. I, I think we've we've been the Essendon Footy Club again, mate. We, we said it on the Patreon show. That performance against Collingwood was, it's just so typical Essendon. We're so typically Jekyll and Hyde. We, we can be... <laughs> We can be down one minute playing uh, a not real special midfield in uh, Carlton. I mean, with Cripps and Walsh and Cripps pretty much taken out of it. Didn't have a thumping uh, amount of influence on the game. And then some no-name blokes beat us. And we looked slow and we didn't look like we wanted it. And we get beat by Carlton. And and then Carlton comes out this
1: week. You remember we did the stats last week and Carlton's midfield completely obliterated us. Smashed us, right?
0: And, and that's not okay.
1: And this is an interesting point. I did want to say this. Like, during – I know not everyone listens to our Patreon Thursday show, which they should. Should. Uh, um, they're going to be Patreon forward slash lunchtime catch-up. Uh, we put a little bit of the, of the blowtorch on some several players. The blowtorch. Uh, and and it was a very light torch because they've actually had a very good year. But Absolutely. But it was mainly just a result of the Carlton game, right? So yep. we sort of said, you know –
0: But also too, sorry to interrupt, Mm. we we put that blowtorch on in one game, right? So we are very mindful of the fact to not throw a baby out with bathwater, but it was one game, right? Like everybody's allowed to have a bad one game, but geez, the reason why we put that that blowtorch on on is because it was Carlton for a start off, right? And the players that we put it on were just so bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, that uh, yeah. It was just uh, we we kind of acknowledged that. Look, it's a one game thing, but we kind of said, you know, the hooker Hurley and Sheila McGrath uh, need to tell everyone that that was an anomaly, and get and you know really get back into some serious form and show up this week. Like, and to the, to the talent look, that they and have, and you could literally name all four guys in the votes if you <coughs> wanted to. That's how good they were. So, hundred percent agree. I'm wrapped. Uh, we'll talk. That they listen to us. Yeah, look, I'm wrapped
0: that they that they listened to our blowtorch.
1: We'll talk later. Kind of more individual kind of performances, uh, but yeah, our midfield was fantastic. Uh, one of the stats that I absolutely did did absolutely love is that we doubled in um, inside fifty tackles. Uh, if you go through our tackle count of our forwards, it's insane. Like, yeah. it's like, I think it's like something like Snelling six tackles, uh, Devin Smith six tackles, Waller seven tackles, Stringer seven tackles, Townsend seven tackles. It, it is like our forward uh, inside 56. Pressure. Worked their tail off. And even and Andy, yeah.
0: Andy Phillips when he was in there too. I mean, a couple of his tackles resulted in, I think one was a drop on the ball. Yeah. The other a, one resulted in a goal. A shield to, goal. Um, shield, Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So, look, I'm absolutely wrapped for the guys. Uh, we'll, we'll go into more length, like I said, after the break. But it's just great to see. Uh, that was the first time I felt like the preseason essence kind of was showing again. If that makes sense, I, I thought I was really encouraged by the preseason when I saw what I saw with West Coast and a few others. Uh, and that's where I kind of went, "Oh, okay, that's a little bit of what I was seeing as far as intensity and effort." Yeah, uh, that's so, you know. There's something to say about continuity man it was actually our first time we have played in two weeks in a row yeah, so I 100% agree <laughs> just
0: yeah the the feel of the the players and this is that that's such a strange thing though is that they came out in the first quarter and we just went oh, all of those things that we thought of in the first few games that we played and even against carlton we just and um on the speaking of sort of wondering whether or not the same sort of team has rocked up that played against carlton i've got to uh, i've got to make an apology um i've got to make an apology in this podcast uh, wow. to the Essendon footy club um and to the players some of the players i got to make a bit of a an apology there was a there was a section I had to re-list uh, re-listened to the podcast from last week and i i made a statement where I said, there's like the eight minute, 20 second mark of the podcast to be wow. precise. Uh, last week, I made a I made a, a, a statement that just flat out ain't true. I had to listen to that again and I just went, oh Grant, that's not even, no, not true. So I'm going to make an apology a bit later. But the difference is what we thought was happening in the first quarter was just, oh man, here comes the Carlton team again and we're going to get pumped royally but then for them to be able to flick a switch at quarter time wouldn't you love for us to to just email Dan <laughs> Dan and go mate what did you say what what did the, what did Tracker what who who said what at quarter time that got him that fired up and then the second question is how does that how does that fire up not happen at the first bounce
1: yeah it's I- it, it was a very strange first quarter. I mean, literally the last five minutes of that quarter, we we just suddenly hit a switch and. Yeah, no, I think the last two minutes of that first quarter, you saw it. There was a play on the wing, and it was like three or four gang tackles, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, um, we're in for a fight here." Yeah, well, and, <laughs> I, and I I was suddenly shifted my whole thought on the game just on one play yeah. near the end, and I think I think then. Um, uh stringer may got a goal and then tied the score at 18 and went into quarter time and then we came out and and we just hit him as hard as possible second <laughs> quarter then we came out in the third quarter we even probably even hit him harder um and was 27 up at three quarter time and, and I'm like what the hell just happened Mate,
0: uh, the, the the amount of t- sorry the the amount of talent that we have on that side without the kind of pressure that we showed against Collingwood equals the Carlton game. Because they're still talented and you don't lose that talent and all that sort of stuff. But if they don't put that kind of incredible pressure and manic energy into the game, then you you end up with a Carlton game. But good Lord. Um, Sorry to interrupt. I forgot what I was going to say then. Um, What happens, look what happens when... The Essendon Footy Club comes out with incredible pressure and that kind of manic energy on top of the talent that they have. We end up beating Collingwood like they were nobody. Yeah. So that kind of energy, I just wonder how long and how often they can bring that to the table. That kind of energy, man, that's, that should just be on loop in the, yeah, in um, the tests.
1: I watched the game, you know, because I'm a nerd, uh, a couple of times uh, after <laughs> on, on replay. <laughs> I'm, I'm on two. Uh, and look, Outside of when it was, you know, five minutes to go in the first quarter, and some very, very dodgy umpiring in that last quarter hey, for hey, about the uh, Jeez, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to go into it much. No, because don't there's get more me positives and negatives, but you, we're not we're not really umpire bashers. But seriously, they got some goals that that just shouldn't really. have. Really, yeah,
0: not even just fake ones that they were unsighted. And they've him. obviously said
1: they were terribly yeah. wrong, and that's so okay, but. In this, in probably a 60 minute play or 50 minute play, we've obliterated Collingwood. Mm. Like, absolutely, man. You know, from you think of five minutes to the first quarter to a couple of minutes into the last quarter, we've completely obliterated them. Yep. Uh, And, you know, scoreboard would have been insane, like something like 50 or 50 odd to five. And, like, that's a really encouraging sign uh, that we can put the foot down like that. And just, we did not let up. I was thought, you know, I was nervous coming out at yeah, halftime.
0: Absolutely so. I was just so. going,
1: how, you know, can they do it again? Like, can they keep – and they did, and they, they extended their lead. There was
0: threes and fours and stuff tackling. Like yeah. the I was watching Facebook on the way over here, and there was a highlight um, from the footy club on Facebook, and it's just the title of the, the clip is just pressure. Yeah. And I forget which quarter it was – it was the last few minutes thereof, um, but they were, on, um, they were on the wing – that was Scotty's mobile, professional. Um, uh, they're on the wing, and Collingwood have just—they've put like six or seven handballs together in a ten square meter um, uh, patch of ground, yep. and the Bombers are chasing and tackling and laying off blokes to try and get the, the handball off them. So incredible pressure! And again, I was—I was a bit like you. I went, No, look, the, 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 how long can the boys hold?" this sort of pressure up yeah. um, throughout the whole game. I was waiting for Collingwood to come back in the last quarter and run over the top or get real close to running over the top. But that kind of manic pressure stayed in the whole game. And sure, Collingwood came back because they had a little bit of pride about them. Had a bit of luck. Had a bit of luck in it as well. But we, um,
1: yeah, to stand up at the end and say, no, bingo. we've got this. Absolutely. Kick two goals back. And
0: they're, they're, they're signs of really good signs, uh, yeah. signs of really good sides, man. And it's, it's so encouraging to see.
1: <laughs> Sign's a really good sign. It's a, it's
0: a, that's a pretty big sign. It's A sign of a really good sign is a
1: big sign. Yeah, it's that's, that's a serious signage. It's a serious signage.
0: All right, <laughs> uh, so when we come back from the break, we'll head off to the break. Uh, when we come back, we'll run through the stats. Um, very happily running through the stats of this game when the Dons absolutely trounce the wobbles. Thank you. you Sorry. <laughs> you're on fire tonight, dude. You just uh. got the mobile going on.
1: I need the break. All right. Let's uh, go. There we go. Sorry, folks. Hey,
0: and welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast. Now, then, the stats, Scotty.
1: Yeah, let's look. Uh, I, one, I want to highlight uh uh player. So when I it's funny when you watch a game two or three times. Like when I watched the game, I kind of had my three, two and one and then watching it more and more, my whole three, two and one kind of <laughs> went out the door. went out the door. Okay. And I just saw different things. Uh but one thing that was uh very, very obvious was Dylan Shield, and we'll get his name Who right is
0: it? Dylan Shield. Sheel. Uh,
1: he six clearances, five tackles, uh 29 disposals, around 70% uh, efficiency, just – and kicked a goal himself. He's a a dead set gun. That was probably in his top two performances for the club, I would say. And and he ended up being sort of a a, – yeah, a a BOG for me. Oh, absolutely,
0: man. There was no – I can't see many sort of hardball stats on here, but – Dylan Dylan is a – he can get you a hard ball from underneath the ground. That's no problems at all. But he's very much that sort of outside midfielder who you handball it to, chucks on the jets and booms it inside 50. Yep. But I did notice him a few times on the bottom of packs getting handballs out. He really stepped up too. And was part of that manic pressure, throwing himself around, being underneath packs, very much sort of a Zach Merritt um, yep. uh, role as well. So for him to actually to to get 29 and... To be able to maintain that pressure throughout the whole game, I think it's pretty evident too. Because the next one down is um, Andy McGrath on nineteen, so that's
1: that's a big step down. Yeah, and and just look, someone something I also noticed he had uh, seven score involvements and six inside fifties as well. So yes. he, he's um, he's majorly produced. And, and look, uh, I saw an interesting tweet today. Uh, now I hope I get this right, mate. But uh, I'm going to say Pat Lahulia, but that. L- what now i'll let you you read that uh, at the top pat pat julia julia <laughs> we'll do our best but yeah, yeah. uh so he actually uh, sent out a tweet he does a bit of stats um so dylan Shield now is first in the af afl for average center clearances wow third in the afl for average clearances and fourth in the afl for average concessive possessions
0: mate that's that kid's worth two two
1: first rounders. so he's having a big year like yeah. a, he is close to having nine Brownlow votes for me because he was best Ooh. on ground against Fremantle. Yeah. Uh close to Sydney and now Collingwood. So he's he's um he's having he's a bit of a smoky for a Brownlow nice. if, if you're wanting a bit of money. So yeah he, he was fantastic. He was a, a real leader. Um yeah. He played tough. Um yeah so a clear B O G for mine once I, I watched it again. Yep. Uh it was interesting I I didn't have Andrew McGrath kind of in my top scope uh, and surely uh, Robert Shaw kind of tweeted to one of our Lunchtime Catch-Up <laughs> podcasts. I, I, did have a, I did have a poll saying, you know, if there was an Anzac Day medal, you know, yep. who, who out of these four would have won? And I actually didn't have McGrath in the four. Yep. Um, uh, and so Robert Shaw kind of tweet back said actually McGrath, like he clean hands, good, good disposal, um, worked over Pendlebury, reduced Pendlebury to over only eight kicks in over the game. So, kicks. and reduced them just to obviously to a lot of handles, which means he had no effectiveness yeah, yeah. to get their running game. And it's funny, like when I looked at the game again, I went, Gee, he's right here yeah, see funny
0: how a bloke who's been around the afl for his entire <laughs> life knows what he's talking about
1: so yeah so he obviously went up with my estimates again and they're the ones you love to be educated on you go yeah that's that's oh, a really that's good, a good insight good point and look jordan ridley jordan he, Ridley's sitting at 3 man he is he is having a a uh, there's breakout years and then there's Jordan Ridley years. So this
0: kid is grabbing opportunities with both hands, man. And when I say both hands, I mean taking marks, he's making incredible decisions. He he looks smooth. I mean, he yeah. looks smooth anyway. The when he runs, he looks smooth. When he kicks, he looks smooth. He just I tell you what, the some of the the good players that I've ever seen in my life and and I'm not sure I'd mention Jordan just yet. Just yet, in the same uh, breath as uh, Pendlebury. but annoyingly, Pendlebury seems to have time. yeah, the good players seem to have time that not a lot of other people have. And whenever Jordan really touches the ball, I just think he understands the periphery of what's around him and he makes a good decision based on that. Yeah, I think if he needs if he's hot and he needs to get a handball away, he does. But if he's he's if he's sort of got a half a step, He'll turn that half a step into a full step and a half yeah. because he'll make a decision to turn left, turn right, and then he'll spot someone with one of the prettier um, left and right boots you've ever seen in your life. So yeah. Jordan Ridley to be sitting at, what, 18 possessions?
1: Yeah,
0: uh, At number three on the list. Um, how many marks did he take, Scotty? I'm half blind, can't see Seven. Eight. Seven. So I mean, that's seven marks is fine. I saw him stood in front of a few packs where he just... Was a bit underneath the ball mm. and just missed those overhead marks.
1: Yeah, that and he, he won't do that much again. No, that could have mm. been 10 marks from him. That's just a, a bit of bit more game time and he'll read that. Yeah. But, absolutely. I mean he he outmarked Degoe a number of times and and just
0: yeah. Oh, he yeah. So thanks for reminding me that he gave uh Jordan Degowie a big bar of Palmolive and said, There you go, mate. Gave him a bath. Yeah. The million dollar bloke from Collingwood who didn't play like a buck ninety-five just quietly, um, and Jordan Ridley gave him a bath. Now, I'll tell you what, if you were putting Rids on, on Dugowie, you'd go, ooh, Rids, uh, Degoe could be pretty explosive off the deck. I wonder if, I wonder if, beat him hands down, beat yeah. him in one-on-one and look, comps. Yeah,
1: when Degoe went in the midfield, yeah, sure, he got his 10 handballs, and actually they're all pretty... Ineffective kind of handles, yeah. but then he went a lot of the game. He went down to the forward line, and Ridley swapped over to pick him up, and he shut him out. He had no influence. On no the forward idea. Line. No um, idea. And look, there's two players I want to mention, right? And they're the two towers down back, and, and we gave him a little bit of, you know, a little Torch, bit of slack and a yeah. blowtorch. Yeah, and you know what? So much so it's funny because you mentioned about your apology, right? Yeah. Uh, about the this. This was mine because. When I listened to the podcast back, I went, oh, you know, not that I felt like I was overly hard on him, yeah. but, you know, but I was like, I love him so much. I went, oh, no, I should have given Hooksy in uh, a, one more week just to see where he's at because he's only just started. And that that's just, just me being transparent. And, you're going, and Hooksy and Hurley, uh, they again. were unbelievable. I, I, I actually, oh, they only had really two tall marking forwards, which was Cox and Majacek. Now, Majacek. I believe... He can go. He's a very, very, very good player. Yeah, he's and all right. We discussed on Thursday, he was, to me, probably the best, uh, the most, one of the most dangerous forwards. We had to stop. Hurley completely smothered him yeah, out of this game. Absolutely. Uh, with he the had, help
0: of the midfield, with the yeah. pressure of the midfield, it'd make Hurles... Um, and speaking specifically about Majek, Majek's great on a lead. Collingwood look for him a lot. Yeah. And on the lead... And they used Cox as a as a sort of a backup dump sort of option into him. Hurls destroyed him because yeah. the midfield for Collingwood couldn't look up, turn, have enough time to run out to a wing and then hit Maya Check on a lead. Hurls was, and I, I agree with you that part of my um, apology involves those two blokes. Twin Towers were back. Hooks, yeah, yeah. he was back. Hurls is back. Just incredible efforts. Well,
1: if, if you combine Maya Check and Cox, right, it's they're they combined. They've got uh, eleven possessions, one goal. You know, yeah.
0: that's 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 a win right there. <laughs> so Big time.
1: yeah, they've so uh, yeah. We've probably got similar regrets when we listen to our show. I've yeah. gone, no, I should have backed them in more because they're better than that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Right. So uh, and look, yeah, you learn and you you learn and move on. But yep. uh, Sadi Sadi's the next on the list. Well, Sadi's Mr. Consistent, isn't he? Just he's love a, the bloke to death. Yeah. Seriously,
0: pay him anything. Don't care. Um, he, has so a he has that unique ability. Give me a call.
1: He that unique ability, Sadi. To uh, when you think there's no way he can he can impact a contest, I, I don't know how he does it. But a he,
0: little flying <laughs> fist comes in or something, or a little yeah.
1: a hand flicks out and he gets a steal or the, something. The closing speed is insane of his last two or yeah. three meters on an opponent. But wouldn't you love
0: to be that quick? Oh. Remember when you were that quick?
1: No, I don't actually. <laughs>
0: I don't remember that. At I all. was never that quick, Scotty. Back in the day, was like a little whippet. Um, but no, like Adam Sard is great. He's he's maturing as a player. Um, he he's he's where the club needs him to be more often yeah. than not. And he never, he never has a game where he's in like the bottom three, has six possessions, didn't have an influence. He's always up the pointy end yep. with 18, 20 possessions pretty much every game. And it's incredible to have that kind of consistency and talent coming out of the back line.
1: Yeah, and look, th- there's a player that I thought actually may have been omitted for this game... And yet he's had one of the most important games in Will Snelling. And, and you know, credit to him. That was a huge game he played. He, Big. He was pressure personified all over that. So, yep. yeah, it's like, full credit to him. And let's just say the name Bradenham.
0: Now, yeah. Next, now I'm going to claim the this
1: one, though. I may have got a few things wrong, but I said, no, give this kid one more go. I'm telling you, I've I seen him at training. He is much better than the Carlton game. He will show people... And that's the Braden Ham I've seen at training. I tell you what, mate, he doesn't
0: – from what I've seen of him, and he's got a good uh, big left boot, we know that, and that's good of him. But you know what? I've – maybe I might be right, wrong, I'm not sure. But he's, what, 52 kilos ringing wet. Like, he's seriously, he's a, a real thin little kid. But he's not trying to burst through packs and take on defenders and stuff. Braden is playing smart for his size and his experience in that his, his skill level is clearly there. He knows what he's doing. But when I've been watching him and I watched him on the replays and the like, again, another guy, a bit like Ridley, who makes good decisions when he gets the ball. If he, if he knows he's got a metre or two, he'll take some time. He'll turn onto that big, beautiful left boot and and put his um, foot into it. But if he needs to get rid of it quick, He can. I've seen him make a couple of good decisions when he was about to get tackled, jumping inside a bloke, getting a good handball away, yeah. just making good AFL decisions. Not looking like a kid that's played what four games or six games or ever many he's played. Something so like
1: yeah, he, he's got a great turn of speed. I I did like a couple of plays how yeah, when he got some space, he did he did you know he did grab it and he says, "All right, I'm going to tuck the ball under the arm and and get us you know get us up the field a bit." So he was he, yeah he was super impressive. And like you just sense this kid's going to be a long term kind of prospect. If that's how he's good at this age, then I like. I really like the way he's going to body's going to fill out and be on that wing and be a very very dangerous player. For
0: Absolutely, him. man. I think that's a that's a damn good selection, a damn yeah. good um, pick by um, uh, the Dodoro. Um, I think just the the decision to keep playing him and for him to be making decent decisions. Um, is a really good um, is a really good sign for that kid. I'm very impressed.
1: So let's talk about Francis's twin.
0: Francis's twin. <laughs> Has anybody ever seen them in the same room at the same time? <laughs> yes. Like, I need to get into training and see if you can get Andy Phillips and Aaron <laughs> Francis within five meters of each other. Because wow, it's like it's very, <laughs> very funny.
1: Yeah. Look, Andrew Phillips is that was a sensational game. And, and look, let's talk about two things. Uh, and I'll be very honest. Grundy still played a good game, right? Obviously, the stats suggest that he had twenty disposals, had plenty of tap outs, uh, had six clearances. So we're not denying that, and we're not saying like, oh, Phillips beat his butt and smashed him that. But even though he did, that is good. But Phillips uh, was really good at jumping early into Grundy and making his taps. Totally ineffective, to Absolutely. where almost where our midfield could read it instead of theirs. And one really cool stat is, you know, we scored sixty-three points. Forty-five of those points came out of stoppages. So Phillips, in whether it's physicality mm-hmm. or or tactical, has has helped us get our hands on the ball, uh, and that's got to be acknowledged. And his pressure on the ground was sensational he did a Huge. lot of he did a lot of things that weren't stats so there's like four or five little knock-ons along the ground or or, or just to a, an opponent pressure acts like yeah, he yeah. threw
0: himself at somebody maybe he didn't get the tackle maybe he didn't really get that key stat but he was when it, when the ball hit the ground from a ball up or something like that because grundy didn't get a particularly beautiful um tap out he didn't just sort of fall to the ground and sort of pick himself up and look for the next contest. He was trying to tackle guys. He was he's, he was watching the ball when it hit the ground. I'm going to give um, Andy Phillips a bit of credit here, I reckon, because what's the number one thing high-flying jumping ruckmen like um, Grundy and Nat Nui and those guys like to do. They like to get a clear run at the ball and they like to get a clear jump at it. Now, what they would love nothing more is for you to do exactly the same, for you to run at them, try and jump as high as them, meet in the middle in a nice synchronised jump, but they will get higher than you and they will get the tap out uh, better than you. Andy Phillips, mate, Grundy didn't know if he was coming or going. He was jumping at him early. He was jumping late. Sometimes he didn't jump at all. Yeah. I reckon that was a great tactic.
1: Yeah. A great tactic. Collingwood, a great great stoppage team. So for the Essendon Football Club... To win clearances by ten, uh, it, it's really significant. We lost <laughs> minus fifteen against Galton, yeah. so that's a massive turnaround. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and another it, kid taking his opportunity with yeah. both hands. So look, all credit to him. Uh, look, I I can't see why he can't get another go. Uh, uh, yeah. So look, I just want to mention just a few more. Um, Walla is. Uh, Waller was sensational. His pressure was sensational. That was kind of the old Waller yep. ca- coming back. Um, the Waller that,
0: we've got to have.
1: I think it was underappreciated how skillful that left, uh, left foot snap from the stoppage from about thirty five yards out, screwing around to the goal. Yeah. Like if you watch it, that's some serious skill. That's uh, just uh, that goal.
0: natural talent, is yeah. what that is.
1: He he was sensational. Uh, and Jakey Stringer, look, he was. Know, he, he was my best on ground when, um, when I watched it live. It's probably changed a bit, but he's very close to us still. Like, his actual impact on the game, three goals, had. His, definitely had his kicking boots on. Yep. His pressure, seven tackles, that's very... Uh, impressive for jakey stringer yep uh he had just you just felt he had a whole lot of influence on the game uh was
0: very imposing man whenever he's around the ball he's he's very imposing the club knows it and they put him up there to try and get a bit of midfield bull going about him and he did it in the midfield he did it around the ground he did it in the forward line he's he's so important for us when i mean those three goals he's 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 as likely to kick you three goals every single week. And that's why he's so important to the club because there's another good defender you've got to have on Jakey and he plays tall, he can play small, and he was excellent. That's why, man, what is he, six to eight maybe uh, weeks out? That's why it is a massive out for us. But got to love Jakey Stringer, man. That was brilliantly done.
1: So, look, we'll wrap it up there. Look, there there was – the good part about this, we've been saying the last – you know, a couple or two or three games. We've seemed to have had about eight or nine sort of non contributors who are just been a bit quiet. Yeah. I would say it was more around three to four this yeah. week. So that you just felt that the it was a much more team effort. There was like 18 or 19 out of the 22 yep. that were really up for it. And I'm not saying the others weren't up for it. They just found it hard to get the ball. And uh,
0: and, and like when you say up for it too, I think, I mean, the likes of, of Sean McKernan and, and uh, David Zarakis I said it down the bottom of the stats with not much at all, right? But the pressure was still there. Everybody's that, – that pressure from the top, everybody. I mean, like oh, – Yeah, I'm,
1: Jacob Townsend, you know, he's only got six possessions. But – he had a he had an impact on the game. Absolutely, that kind of pressure. He's had seven tackles. He's had a That's yeah. It. So yeah. that was that was the that was the good part. Look, just on Sarah, um I know it's going to be everyone's going to ask me what did you think? What did you think? Yeah. Look, there's no other way of saying it. He's completely out of form, um, and, I, and and I don't know what the answer is. I don't know the I'm. I'm I'm finding it very hard to even understand his new role. Like I'm watching the game, and and, I, and he, I think I, for me, he felt I felt like he was on main quite a lot, and I still wasn't quite sure what his role is. What you know, so I'd love to know from the club, but they might not be because he's on the leadership group. That openly honest with us, yeah. but look, at some point. Um, something's going to give, yeah. like that, uh, and that's with all respect because I know this guy is a massive Essendon man and very, very well liked at the club. So I, I, I want to say that with respect, but the just the fact is, we've, we're four games two, in,
0: two possessions and yeah, four yeah. possessions last week, and stuff like that. I, I want to put him in the same as group as Belly, right? Mm. Uh, Bloke has thrown his body at everybody for the Essendon Football Club his entire life, right? And he is still a required player at this club, right? Belly, along with David Zaraikis. Two two absolute legends of the club. There will be paintings of them up and hanging up in the um, in the hangar at some stage in their career. Um, brilliant players. But you've got to look at it and go, look, Tommy, mate, Andy Phillips completely outperformed you. Like last week, Belly looked a bit slow right and if he's being managed out this week against grundy it was a great idea to let the young kid or not he's young but let the the kid with boundless energy um run up and have a crack at grundy if we're putting david zaharakis in a role that is resulting in two possessions then wow woosha if you're listening mate we'd love to know what the opposition Blake he was playing on did and what or what he didn't do because at the moment all we see from david zaharakis is two possessions and four possessions and stuff now with the utmost respect for those two players yeah you can't keep doing that even if you're a senior player like they are you cannot keep doing that right yep. so there might need to be a period of time for david in uh, and to give a, a kid a go and get david i don't know to better understand his role or to do something else yep. come back in a couple of weeks and maybe have a, have a crack at the game then but i'm i'm on the we we can't have Blokes sort of uh, given us two possessions and four possessions and stuff. When we've got kids that we could bring in there.
1: Well, the, the, the here's the here's the dead set fact. Merritt's going to come in. McKenna's going to come in. And Francis, I would say, is a seventy percent chance of coming in. Yep. Uh, so that's three straight away. And you go look at this last week's game. Yeah. And two of them are, are runners. You know, one's a midfielder, but one's a runner. Yep. Um. And Fantasia tried to plug in McKenna's role, right? Yeah. But you can already tell Wish said, okay, without, with Stringer injury, we need Fantasia forward. So I can see McKenna obviously being the natural Easy. coming in, yep. Fantasia going forward, Merrick coming in, and then you've got to say, you know, what comes out? And Zaka would be Have to be in the conversation Has to be Has to be in the conversation With
0: all due respect for the man And yeah. the way he's done
1: It's very hard isn't it Because we're, we're such passionate Essendon people We've just got to say On um, performance alone That's this it has Nothing to do with character Or anything like that It's a professional it's, the game Great Essendon men
0: Yeah it's a professional game You've got to you've got to look at it So what we'll do Is we'll go to the break um, What are Neil. we going to come back with
1: After the break Yeah so our good man Neil uh, And if you're a Bomber Blitz man Knackers uh, Our training guru So he's going to come in After the break And give us a Report of what he's seeing, so it uh, should be pretty interesting. Yep, we'll see you after the
0: break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast. Now we've got a great little segment. We uh, we're going to kick off for the first time. We, uh, we're going to be crossing now live to our new roving reporter, our Essendon-based roving reporter, Mr Neil Nackers-Ackerman. G'day Neil, are you there? yes grant how are you going I'm well mate um thanks for coming on the show um those, My those of you uh, that have listened to our zoom shows and a, and a few shows sort of early in the year will know Neil um, Neil is all-knowing all-seeing when it comes to <laughs> um, the Essen and footy club and pretty much attends every training uh, session and has attended the majority of the uh, the practice matches that we've had and what we're gonna do this is the first of our uh, little sessions with Neil where he's going to come on and give us a bit of insight into the training sessions, a bit of insight into the games, and uh, let us know what he's seen from those matches to see what what that sort of what sort of information we can gather from that. So, thanks very much for coming on, Neil. What what uh, what have you well, seen so far?
2: It's rather some sort of an intro there. <laughs> all seeing or knowing?
1: Absolutely, we all um,
2: seeing, all knowing.
1: a <laughs> god-like, yeah. godlike figure. Well, mm-hmm.
2: well, it's certainly been a very different time. Um, particularly with so many of the, uh, con- the sessions being non-contact, um, it's, it's, the way they've managed it um, uh, has been very interesting to watch too. The, I think they're doing a lot of work inside, maybe on um, cross-training and aerobics and stuff, because out on the ground, it's, it's quite a low tempo normally. Um, but then when it comes to the um, main sessions, as the last week or two has been non-contact, and that's very different. Um, when they they've tried to uh, still uh, integrate a, a match practice section, but um, they can't tackle, they can't spoil. Uh, so when the ball's kicked in the air, uh, you know, it'll go towards the player, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> where it was aimed, yeah. and and then everybody else just pulls out. Uh, so it makes it a really unnatural. Um, yeah. yeah unnatural and how
0: do you operate as a defender doing that
2: well you can't you you, you can't operate as a defender Uh, and so the tempo uh, you you can't really get a, a tempo under so you can't really train at natural pace because um they're moving and then they've got to stop so it's very very strange hopefully i would imagine once they come out of quarantine um, interstate, I would think that ban on contact would be uh, would be removed Yeah, so they can at like, let's least get that into place. So what the, they were largely training for the last couple of uh, full, full training sessions, where it's a full group, is more um, zones and, and structures and, and where they're going to stay and what Rutten would do uh, quite regularly is they'd put players in and where they want them to go and they'd uh, roll forward with the play and then he he'd stop and he'd have a chat and I'll chat or sometimes yell out to players um about where they actually wanted to be and and how they're trying to uh, uh set up because i think that's this year as you would have noticed the there's been such a big emphasis on the way teams struct uh set up particularly defensively um i thought the first game back after lock up against Sydney, we didn't quite have that right. We had yep. uh, we had a good deep zone, um, but then we weren't really pushing up to Sydney uh, when they were coming out of the back line. Yep. So they got a lot of free balls, and then across the midfield, we were trying to contain them. Um, and against Carlton, that went the uh, went. They didn't quite have it right either, um, and we just kept on bombing it into the forward line yeah. quite a lot. Uh, so, so does know, that, what?
0: Neil, does that, I mean, when you when you look at those two games, Sydney and Carlton, and the way that we, like you said, we didn't push up and we didn't do those sort of things, is that, do you reckon it's learning or is that just sort of forgetting or being under too much pressure? Because it's not what's being taught um, at Tullamarine. So what, are we just sort of well, reverting I, back to bad habits?
2: I think there's two, there's a couple of aspects to it. One is that uh, you can... Train and teach the players to set up how you want them to set up, but the it's like the old uh, Mike Tyson story. Everyone's got a plan, until so I get hit in the face. Yeah, in the mouth, um, yeah. And and you're uh, so you're coming out against another team which will uh, which will move the ball different offensively and defensively, and so you have to adjust to that. And I think there was a period of adjustment. Yeah. And I think uh, against Collingwood. We were well. We just couldn't get our hands on the, bo- on the ball for the first 15 minutes, and we're all out of uh, we're all over the place. But I think after that, the the structures are fantastic. Yeah. The I think also because the uh, the players have had very little opportunity to practice at full pace. Um, that means that you you don't get to trust yourself. You don't have to. You're not getting to really implement what you want to do at training so when when it comes to uh, the actual game day you're not quite as sure of yourself so you, you, you be a, you're a little bit less um, aggressive with your um, kicks and transitions as it is and I think that was one of the things they learned to trust themselves a little bit more in yep. in to um, uh, because most of our goals in in all the games really have been off um, um fast breaks. We haven't had that many where we've locked in the forward line and uh, and had uh, repeat entries. Yeah. It's more been uh when we've moved the ball well and that's what they that's what I can see they're trying to implement at a training and I think they they did start to get that a little bit more and we worked particularly against Collingwood. Help helped mind you by the fact that um it was wet. And Collingwood's game is all about high possession, high intensity, um, which is very hard to do in the wet anyway. So, Mm. and I thought every time it rained, we looked better, and every when it's ever started to get dry, we didn't look as good. (laughs) But but no, I think they're I think they're gradually coming together better as a group. helps to have someone like Ridley who's come on leaps of bounds.
0: yeah he's, uh, he's the the biggest for us uh, the yeah. the the way he's not making any mistakes his disposal efficiency and how calm he looks like uh, down back
2: yeah well he's virtually become the quarterback now yeah as I'm sure sure as yeah. noticed yeah. Um, the, they uh, they often try and get the ball into his hands because he just makes such a not only good decisions But his uh, execution is is, is as good as anybody in the team as well. Yep. And for a twelve to thirteen game player, it's quite extraordinary.
1: Can I? Um, I mean, go on. So I was going to say, I hope I didn't sort of uh, cut you off there. Uh, I I, I was going to ask, from your point of view at training, how are you reading uh, truck and carousel to what you've known of the past of Woosher? What what's so What's different than you see about Rutten, I guess, as a, as a coach, but also what is Carosella, are you finding, bringing to the table?
2: Um, well, the first thing, the first thing I'd like to say about any of that is that, uh, I hear a lot of people saying that looking forward to the time when, when, uh, Truck and Carosella take over, well, they have taken over. They're, they're the coach and the assistant coach, um, uh they uh they're in charge on match day they're in charge in in training and i'm sure it's it's their plans that have been implemented. and really Wush's role now is is sort of of like the bomber thompson role under hurt he's really sort of an overseer um as well as taking uh some of the media commitments which uh is probably Button i'd imagine is very grateful for that he can sort of ease into that because that's a Quite a large part of the job these days um but i think uh it's a lot more in answer to your question it's a lot more of a hands-on situation um he's he's very much into stopping a play and and uh discussing what what they've done right and what they've done wrong and, and how they want to go about it at the time rather than um what would happen more under a uh, worse was they would have a uh, they have a fifteen minute session and they all come together and they have a chat about it. Whereas I think, um, which is, uh, I wrote about uh, Rutton when he first came on the year before um, as an assistant coach, and I uh, quite often was very close to the uh, to him instructing a group on the near a boundary line, which particularly thought of the of defenders. And he's a uh, he's an exceptionally good one on one coach. He's um, his knowledge of uh, of how to use the, the body um, and uh, and how to how to upset your opponent and get in the right position um, just seemed fantastic to me. But the this is going back to last year. One of the things that I really noticed during a lot of those times was players like Cooker and Hurley were not only active, actively listening, but they were actively asking questions and and Rutten was um, explaining or demonstrating exactly exactly what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. And you could see that the uh, Hurley and Hooker, being the two uh, elder defenders, were really taking on what he was saying. Mm. And I would imagine that's, uh, I mean, there's really a bit of a guesswork, but I imagine that's what he's like um, as more of a senior coach as well and that he's uh, uh, very big into the minute and um and all the little things as an example there was one drill they were doing last year which is all about um corralling a player from the uh when they're by the boundary line and forcing him over the boundary line so he doesn't come inside um and, and run past and it was very very technical what he was asking them to do but um so that the player had no choice but to go boundary side. He couldn't go around them, and then they had to rush in right at just the right time to to force them over. Um, and it only seems like little things, but all those little things um, add up. Mm. I've I think they're attending the mark a bit better than they have in the past. Still not as well as I'd like to uh, them to do. Really, I think that's a very important part of the game. If you can, if you can do. Very offensive in the way that you man the mark, but they're they certainly seem to be running harder towards the mark, um, and I think it's you know, I think it's coming on. It's uh, it's um, you know it's, it's a different voice that that they're hearing now, uh, as distinct from from Wusha, and uh, and it does take a lot of time a lot of time for these things to to gel.
0: Yeah, mate, look, um, I, was, I was wondering too, along those same lines, the differences between Woosher and, and Truck, and we're not sort of, I don't think I am, sort of advocating for Woosher to be gone ASAP, but the transition's going to be great. But from what you've seen from the training sessions that you've had where Woosher's been in charge, and like you said, they do a 15-minute sort of block of work and, and, and then come and have it and chat about it. Versus yep. trucks, sort of being a bit more stop and start, a bit more um, collaborative on, and a bit yeah. minutiae. Yeah. Can, is there anybody that you can see that is adapting to this new style better? Like, who's, on the, who's performing on the track better? under this new system with truck and part b of that question is if there's if there's a Braden ham or somebody like that who's who's performing better or a La Verde or something like that because of a newer style that trucks put in place the part b of that question is is this new game style going to be any better for any particular player do you think
2: well, there's a few questions. <laughs> <laughs> let
1: me let me let me figure part A, B, and C. Could, yeah. <laughs> let me
0: let me re- let me rephrase that.
1: Let me let me put it <laughs> more
0: simply.
2: Questions without notice, I think I think next time I might ask some of these questions in Japan so I can <laughs> think about them. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I think I think Ham will definitely um, he'll definitely benefit from the, from the game plan. Um, yeah, you know, he's a great game he played too. I thought just racing along the wings. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, is is I don't it know l- that it necess- necessarily suits anybody in uh, any player or that any players particularly come on? I mean, the look. Um, are, th- are they uh,
1: are probably
2: th- the probably the one is Ridley again? I well, know yeah. we've discussed him, but um, it's the most extraordinary turnaround. From uh, end of last year, where he's playing in uh, in the reserves, and I remember seeing a game out at Williamstown, where I literally had to look up to see if he was playing. He played the whole game and got about two touches. Yeah. Um, but right from the start of this uh, of this pre season, I knew he had been there uh, quite a few times uh, as well. Scott, I know. Um, he is just a whole different player. His confidence and his in his abilities, and uh, I think he's really. Um, taken in what they're trying to teach, yep. and he's, he's, he's just looked confident the whole way through. One, I was saying from from February though, January, February. I thought he was going to have a breakout season, and uh, yeah, he has. So we go on.
1: I was going to say one thing I noticed when I've been uh, standing right next to you, mate, with the binoculars. Um, yes.
2: So i have got have got a I've got a second set now, so I can, <laughs>
1: yeah, don't have gonna, to share them. You're going to lend me the dodgy ones. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. One thing I did notice for me, and I just wanted to get your opinion on this because you've seen a lot more sessions. One thing I saw, and, and this is probably leading into Joe Danahar a little bit, but as a group, the, the I know this is going to sound like really weird, but just the genuine happiness of the group. They, they yes. look like they're really tight and they just, like I, what I noticed was just a lot of laughing, a lot of joking and a lot of, um, and, and look, and that kind of leads me into Joe. You can talk about the group, but yep. one thing I did notice, you know, I had seen Joe Danahar previously and it was kind of evident he wasn't enjoying his footy and it, yep. it's not even close now to the Joe Danahar I saw. And I thought you could share a bit on that.
2: Yeah, Well, I think the part of the Joe story is, is also part of the group as a whole. And, and, um, again, I know we've just about everything seems to be copying Richmond, but Richmond have uh, spent a lot of time trying to make their players happy, even to the point where before the ground they go on and somebody tell a joke and just to lighten the lighten the mood. Um, at nearly every session, there's uh, they have some drills to break it up where it's something they can enjoy and and, and have a laugh about, um, whether it's uh, playing a, a with a frisbee or or one of those. Um, um, Torpedo-y type, um, the Nerf kind tra- of things tra- tra- things tra- yeah. balls, yeah. Um, some soccer games, um, and you will seen see online um, some of the uh, video, the footage, which uh, um, where they're where they're playing uh, like keepings off games, and it's a competition, and and they're all always trying to do little things. It's, it's stuff that they can they have a laugh at the end of, so it's yep. not all just serious training and so i think and that the whole group in general seems to be happier and joe in particular um, seems to be a lot happier i think it's also because he can see the end in sight but um you'll see him in a lot of the videos on the club site and he's laughing and joking and, and carrying on and and that's sort of the attitude that uh, that he's um, displays uh, out in the ground you know, I mean, sometimes he walks quite close to the fence and has a bit of a chat with us and everything. And he just seems to be in a good space.
0: Does he look? Does he look particularly like, fit? I mean, I know he's, he's spent a lot of time on his body, obviously. Um, does he look sort of the same, Joe? Kind of fit, or does he look a little sort of more ripped or otherwise?
2: Well, he he had a couple of transitions at the, at the start of the year before the lockdown. He looked like he'd put on quite a lot of bulk. Mm. And then um, when we came back, he looked like he dropped five or six Ks, Okay. Um, the uh, his upper body, and and uh, since then, the last two or three weeks, he seems to have put a bit, a little bit more of that on again. So uh, he oh. definitely did drop some weight. I'm sure from early in the the year. Um, but uh, yeah, he's looking, yeah, he's looking good. But the main thing is. Uh, look, he's also been quite well documented. that He moved to D- Dales so as though a new place out of the out of the city and out of the spotlight. Um, he, you know, I don't know him personally, but he just seems to be enjoying his life a lot more. I wouldn't be in the That's least excellent. surprised if he stays on after this.
1: Yeah, and. So I was going to say just uh, I've only got about three or four minutes left but it's important to note to our listeners too that what we're both seeing um, Neil is he's completing 80 to 90 percent of all training sessions the last two or three weeks
2: yep yep he uh, um, in the last uh, in the last week um, uh, let's see so Joe was doing virtually everything he was doing lateral movements he was doing running he saw doing the training but the only thing he wasn't doing was tackling drills um, which obviously put a little bit more pressure on he uh, uh, I'd imagine that would happen in the next week or so yeah, the one that,
1: yeah. he's been the one cleared that's for
2: it next week was, yeah the one that's even closer was Scott Draper
0: yep. who
2: uh, on that subject we're going to
0: ask you that up next um, how, do, how have you oh, seen I, Scotty
2: yes I even saw him at um, Bunnings a few months back look at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ran into him with uh, with Bigley uh, and uh, um, Nice. He's looking. He's looking really good. Uh, look, I've uh, I've been a big rapper. As a lot, a lot of the people that have gone to seen the reserves in the past have had really big raps on him, and I'm I've got as big of raps as anybody. Um, he's uh, just a big, solid guy. Great, great tap work. Uh, just reminds me of Grundy in a lot of the ways, in that he. Where he uh, once the, he continues on after the context and sort of bullets his, his way through. Having said that, I'm sure you've talked about it in the first segment uh, our latest Ruckman that has uh, come on the scene and uh, Mr. he might be a little bit hard to display. It's a fantastic game there. Um, but I would certainly expect uh, Draper to start playing in the next few weeks. Uh, uh, they had him listed on the club side as one week and that wouldn't surprise me. Um, and I think, uh, mind you, it's going to be so hard to get match practice in.
0: Yeah, that, the, that's the only thing I worry about. How do you? I mean, if, if Andy Phillips is, I reckon he's earned another game just quietly. But um, how oh, do you? Absolutely. But I mean, with all of that think, talent
2: that I, we've got, I, in, I think he's earned. I think he's earned another year or two on his contract.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, with all the talent that um, Andy's got, and sorry that Scott's got, how do
2: you? How do you leave him instead of sitting there if he's right? Well. Look, the thing is, um, I, I managed to see a bit of the practice match at the MCT through the, I could only see about 50% of the ground from outside, yeah. but I did see a bit of it. And it was 12, what well, was it, 14 aside, and just really fast moving and virtually no contact, hardly any contests. Uh, so it's, you know, for a ruckman who they're trying to get work into, and, and uh, it, it's going to be a very difficult thing. Mm. I don't know how they quite get get them up to speed. I mean, Everyone is going to have the same problem. It's not just us, but no. particularly someone coming back from injury who you'd like to see how he goes in contested situations, in pack marking and and, and around the ground throw-ins. Because I don't think there was even any throw-ins around the ground. Yeah, no. well, um, no. I can't. There might might have been, but I can't recall it. I think the pose must might have just kept on. Uh, might, might have been given free ticks or something because they weren't boundary umpires, they only just one central umpire and a couple of goal umpires. Right,
0: well, so long as, um,
2: so as Scotty's looking good
0: and he looks pretty much cherry ripe, I reckon they'll, like you said, they'll have to they'll bring him in somehow. Um, because you got it, yeah. I mean, he's we're, we're probably paying him a couple of bucks now because thanks to St Kilda, but um, yeah. he, we've got to get the bloke into the side.
2: Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, be, before he did his uh, before last preseason. Uh, he did a lot of work uh, forward, as did a lot of the guys, guys did, and he looked as good as anybody. Mm. I thought, uh, plucking a mark. This is when Joe wasn't fit, mind you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but he was he was the guy. I wouldn't be that surprised if they brought him in uh, as, as they played two Ruckman. Yeah. Phillips, and, and having Draper forward, particularly with Stringer out for the time being. If, if if he gets back before Joe, which I think he probably would. They might put him in there, give him a go, and see how he goes.
1: That's not a bad idea. Yeah, you idea. can take a mark. So, yeah. that's a, Look, yeah, exactly. a, a massive thank you, Neil, for joining us. Uh, absolutely. It's good to have you back. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll catch up with you in the next month. We'll try uh welcome listeners to any suggestions. We'll try and think of a uh, a segment theme name. Cause yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neil, yeah, Neil's observations name. wasn't very exciting, was it? So? No, it's not. <laughs> Something not like that. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get you some yeah. theme music and stuff. And it'll yeah, be great.
2: yeah. Uh, my 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 observations of training happening two thousand kilometers away. Yeah,
0: yeah I, exactly. That's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. right. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see if we can fly you up there. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it,
1: if anyone's got any suggestions for the uh, for Neil's show, like a uh, "Oops, Naggers did it again" or this kind of thing, you know, <laughs> um, let us know. <laughs> let us
2: know. Okay. Uh, Thanks, oh, no, mate. It's
1: been great. Thank, Thank you very much for to your talk time. To you again. All the best, no, mate.
2: Catch up. Thanks, mate. Bye. A lot. Bye.
0: And welcome back to the lunchtime catch-up podcast. Um, good to have Nackers on uh, the program, there, mate. That was that's yeah. the first of our uh, uh, monthly. Catch up with Knackers just to see what's happening in the world of Essendon uh, at training. Um, we did sort of; it's not lost on us uh, that it's now going to be more difficult for Neil to uh, to find out what's going on yes. um, when they're two thousand
1: yes. k's away. If we can have a, a GoFundMe to, send him, yeah, to, to send him to the Gold Coast, to the
0: Goldie uh, once a week for the next five to six weeks, that'd be great. Uh, but no, 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 it's, it's some good good insights from now because I mean he does spend a lot of time. Um, down at training and a lot of time um, at the practice matches and that sort of stuff, and it's a, it's a good insight to see um, sort of someone with eyes on at training that, that not a lot of us get to see. So thanks very much, Neil. We'll be talking to you in four weeks' time.
1: Yeah, and and we look, we know really Neil's got big on social media and, and Blitz and Facebook and everything. So uh, I I know I know plenty of fans would have loved that segment. Look, uh, it's time for us to wrap up. We're going to yeah. do our Thursday team show. Uh, obviously, covering more of the essendon North Melbourne clash. Yep. And look, one thing I, I think we just didn't mention. I said I was actually going to do a teaser that we'll talk about what might happen with Str- with Stringer coming out. What are your thoughts on that? Just quickly before we go, like, mate. I've
0: got I've got to do my little apology thing too. Straight oh, yeah, to yeah, This yeah. Too, but yeah. no, nah,
1: I think. Um, so what I'll, do you like? The, what did you think of? Wusher well, kind of floated the idea. I'll say very loosely, it, it felt like a good, it could go either way, yeah. but he did say, "Look, I did like." The the back six settled, so there could be a scenario where a Francis just for one or two weeks maximum while we while we just need some coverage to have a high marking forward.
0: I, I think that? it's a great idea. Francis is wildly capable of playing anywhere on the field, to be quite honest. Um and to have a bloke that can take that good of a grab and be that dangerous around goal, I think he's a he's a great replacement for Stringer. Um and yeah. like you said, if the if the back line is settled and it's I keep to this day, I keep hearing put hooker forward, put hooker forward. Guys, the back line, a, a fully functioning back line that is doing as well as we did against Collingwood with Hooker and Hurley as the pillars down there, it's worth its weight in gold. You don't want to mess with that. But if you've got a swing man like, um, uh, like Francis, who can, because we've got enough defenders that are doing well, can swing down to the full Can make line, a dangerous contest. He can be dangerous. Absolutely. yeah, He's really dangerous. I don't
1: think we've ever seen him play forward that much now that... And I'm, uh, I hope this is coming across right. Now that he's healthy fit and mentally healthy yeah. and everything like that. Like I'm more uh, a Francis in a, in a good space athletic. Um, so I'll be interested to see if he did happen to do it, what it would be like, you know, what, yeah, absolutely. You Cause he played it in TAC cap. He kicked plenty of goals in TAC yeah, absolutely. Cause he, so he can he, take
0: those grabs, man. Yeah. So, and he's dangerous. He knows what, he knows what to do when the ball hits the deck as well.
1: So your apology, let's go with that. My one
0: little apologies. I don't want to end on a bad note, but I guess what I wanted to just say was last week I, I don't know, maybe... In fact, no, I will apologise. There's no maybes about it. What I said last week at about 8 minutes and 20 seconds into the podcast was that the way that we performed against Carlton kind of felt like certain players were... And I thought it might have been a hangover from the saga. Again, I was wrong. Um, They just sort of turned up. They sometimes seem like they turn up to the ground, they play the game of footy and they go home, but they Ah, lose. And and it just seems like they're... They're, they're, I, I, I doubted whether or not they had the killer instinct to be able to go to the wall and really win a premiership right put the effort in and have the killer instinct to be able to win a premiership and i doubted whether or not that some of the players on that list do it now i uncompletely and unreservedly apologize for that stupid statement it ain't it ain't true um, and it's just, it was a silly thing for me to say and it was from a, a point of uh, frustration. The The effort shown against Collingwood completely shut me up and I would expect for every player, Essendon player, to say it to me. Um, that kind of effort is the thing that we just crave as Essendon supporters and to see it as well as we saw it against Collingwood, I stand corrected and I loved every second of it. So ignore that that i said uh, last (laughs) week um the bombers have it mate those players have that effort in them and they have the talent to back it up so that's why whenever i see that sort of perceived lack of effort against carlton i just lament it so hard because we can perform like we did against collingwood and be world beaters so i'll move on for it because i'm never saying it again but i apologize for that that was a stupid thing to say um but it is incredible to see how well the the uh, bombers played against uh, collingwood
1: no, well said. Uh, happy with that. Uh, and look, I think we've all apologised some points of time, and and what yeah. was, it, it is what it is. And it's, it's, footy is an emotional game, and that's just reality. And you know what we saw? We saw another Carlton one point loss or tragic loss, yeah, which we saw. We seem to see every year. And we were both really frustrated because we wanted the club to move on to bigger and better things. Absolutely. And um, and although we said, you know, we did kind of made mention a lot of times, yes, it's 2-1, it's no near panic or anything like that. Um, I don't think with our form, if we're being completely honest, we saw us doing what we did against Collingwood uh, and we thought – there's a very big chance we're going to be two and two and back of the pack. And and
0: that's the Jekyll and Hyde factor that we, we <laughs> yes. sort of said in that you look at Carlton and you go, man, that midfield should, we should beat that midfield. And if when yeah. you beat the midfield, like we did in Collingwood, when you beat the midfield, I don't care how good Grundy is, and I don't care how good in is, uh, check is, or all of those blokes, if there is that much pressure on the midfield and our midfield gets on top and Dylan Shield gets 29 touches, um, then... We should have demolished Carlton's <laughs> midfield, right, yeah, yeah. and should have won that game by five goals. But um, what we now – the pressure now on the Bombers is to show that again this week. Yeah, yeah. Is to show uh, yeah. the, that level of effort.
1: And, and yeah, the, the, the pressure with the Essendon is, is that they have started the season. If you're talking just on a sheer win-loss ratio, yep. they have started the season well. They've got an opportunity to put their foot down on teams they can beat mm. and really claim uh, tops maybe in a top six, six spot. It's Absolutely. it's an unusual year. I yeah. mean Collingwood, Richmond, uh, and West Coast are not in the top eight at the moment. I know, that's weird, right? So it is an unusual year. Uh, everyone's traveling everywhere, everyone's going to hubs. So you can you can do something special this year and and, and they've got they've got the start already down, Pat, where they can build on to To build something and big clash. This is again a big clash with North Melbourne. There, Essendon's going to be hands. heavy favourites yep. for this game. Yeah, and that's the interesting part about where is Essendon's head at? Because you know, I my lovely wife who knows nothing about football. If I'm being honest, she always gets she always hears my feedback on footy, <laughs> but she knows nothing. And and um and she's we're going through the tips and I. She said, who do I tip? than Collingwood. And I said, oh, well, we just lost to Calvin, oh, So we're not going to, I think we're going to really struggle. And she goes, oh, so you're saying Essendon have no chance? And I went, oh, it's going to be hard. She goes, well, every time you reckon Essendon's got no chance, they win. So I'll tip Essendon. So even if she doesn't know the Essendon Football Club, she still knows the Essendon Football Club. yeah. Um, so absolutely. yeah, so it's a big chance for the football club to really mate huge, mm-hmm.
0: huge, huge game against grab North. onto something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We should we should win it. We can win it. And again, these are this is the these are the kind of games. It's must be hard as an AFL footballer, guys. I swear, because as much as we had pressure on. The game against Collingwood, coming off a bad game from Carlton, we had pressure on the, the game in Collingwood. We won that. Hooray. Again, now we've got pressure again on North because <laughs> we should beat North up there with the, with the team that we have and the team that we've got available. Yep. We should beat North up there. And that, again, that's just a game where you can put the W in the column and add it to our wins that we have already. And just yep. say, yep, should have won that one. We did put it in the bank. Up against the Doggies after that. Doggies are a reasonable team at the moment. Then we'll see how we go. The really good teams, they get these Ws. Right? Yeah. They get the Ws. They bank up the wins early, so that when we play Richmond, wherever the hell we're going to play Richmond when we play them, um, it's going to be if we drop that one, then again that's it's not a massive deal. Yeah. So yeah, massive, massive game for the for the boys this weekend.
1: Look, just to, as we're wrapping things up, uh, can I just say for, on behalf of myself and Grant, uh, how humbled and appreciative we are of the support we've got for this Patreon uh, shows, it, 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 people, so many more people are listening than they've ever before. Uh, we've had so many people join up to the Patreon show and, and it's still free for another three and a half weeks or so. Yeah, absolutely. so. So look, you can join up. You won't even be billed till August 1st. You can be $2 a month. You can hear every show. So speaking that, of
0: which new, new listener, yep. a new Patreon uh, listener, Laura McDonald.
1: Yes. And I think Aaron, uh, she's, um, started up this week as oh, well. oh did he uh, aaron
0: barnes as well yeah cool um aaron barnes laura mcdonald thank you very much for joining up to the patreon um you guys will get like you said three weeks uh, the next three weeks we're just putting it out there for free um you won't get billed at the end of that it's as, it's as little as two bucks and it really helps us out with um with new gear uh, we had the we've got the new roadcaster 5000 and, and that sort of <laughs> stuff where we would really like to be able to replace the old um uh the mac that's um that i think came off the arc um so uh it would be great if we could do that so we we really appreciate you guys if you've got any suggestions anything you want to hear about us hear us talk about on a patreon uh, edition please let us know um but again the 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 uptake from the patreon sites has been great we we really enjoyed doing them there'll be another one on this thursday
1: yeah look i actually should read out some of the names because i just realized from our thursday show we've had almost close to seven or eight new people so uh, quick shout-out, Cam Grinham, Jonathan, Cameron Riley, James Muskett, Clinton, and we obviously mentioned Aaron, Baines, Aaron Barnes and Laura McDonald. Thank you so much for joining, hey guys, joining the girls. shows. Uh, hope, I think people – like our feedback on our Patreon shows, it is a bit lighter, a bit more looser, but I think we like it and I think the audience is liking it. Uh, we're going to do some, some fun things on those Patreon shows. Our Thursday weekly show is – always going to be that's a, always a regular any then th- there's going to be some few offbeat stuff and mm. and any emergency news or anything like that we'll quickly get on the microphones and yeah and especially discuss.
0: especially for our, some of our um, our higher tier uh, patreon listeners too there's a we want to get you guys on we want to give you a call um, just to, to get you and you can be on the show if you want um, so those guys and girls that have bought those higher um, uh, patreon uh, memberships we really appreciate you guys in a massive way and we are going to uh, be in touch with you guys very soon soon see if you want to come on the program or we can do a zoom show with you or something like that um to see if we can uh, give you the support for giving us that uh, higher tier membership so we really appreciate that
1: yeah so you can catch us on the socials uh you're the expert at the socials my lunchtime (laughs) catch-up podcast facebook (laughs) um uh,
0: youtube youtube yeah we're on youtube lunchtime catch-up podcast um twitter couldn't get the lunchtime catch-up podcast so we went with the what is it lunch catch-up lunch catch-up yeah i've said that a hundred a hundred times i've said that myself couldn't get the lunchtime catch-up podcast so we went with the lunch catch-up um instagram lunchtime catch-up podcast and um uh, yeah you can see us on spotify uh, see us even or hear us um, on spotify soundcloud itunes so check us out on those do the whole like and subscribe thing it, it does really help us out um, we appreciate those that do that too so
1: yeah so thank you everyone awesome uh week awesome win by the bombers. Uh I think everyone's happy uh no matter what. Happy weekend man. Uh a bit unusual now because we're actually not going to get much information from our from all our fan kind of sites and all our gossip sites and because all the boys are away from it sounds like almost for a month in in Gold Coast. But we wish them all the well. Yeah uh, Hopefully we can uh, continue on our little wind fest and and we can give these positive shows again. So yeah, absolutely. Kind of liking the vibe of these shows. I, know, right? I like coming in happy. So look, thank you so much for supporting the show. As yeah, absolutely.
0: We will uh, we will talk to you guys very soon. We'll do a Thursday Patreon show and then hopefully the next show will be another win over the uh, the Kangas.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. Go bombers. See you next week.